Speak Studios. Speak and be heard. All right, Zach and Jack, the first real episode brought to you by Speak. Does it feel weird? It does feel, feel weird. We feel a little different, don't you? Well, because I can tell with the intro. For yeah, for legit, le- uh, one hundred times I've said believe in the Zags. I'm Jack Ferris. He's Rob Sacre. And now I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that rolls off the tongue. Zach and Jack brought to you by Speak. If you're listening to this, thank you. You clearly uh, speak easy. Speak easy, baby. Speak easy. You hit subscribe, or maybe somebody's, or maybe you're listening right off the link. Who cares? I don't know. Uh, but welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be in your ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, no, it's maybe it's cool. I'm, I'm I'm happy, and um, we're we're very grateful that Speak gave us this opportunity. Plus, Believe also gave us that opportunity. So, you know, we're just gonna make the best of it, like we always do, and just have fun. Speaking of your ears, listener, how often, Rob, do you clean your ears with Q-tips? Every I'm day. I'm guessing, are you a Q-tip guy? Because you know you're not supposed to. I know you're not supposed to, but it feels so good. It, dude, there's, <laughs> there's little in life more satisfying. Oh. And let's say you go on a trip or something. And or you haven't done it in a while. Four or five oh. days, you don't have access to a Q-tip, and you just know, and you dig in there, and it's like a shovel into dirt. It, it it really is one of the like most gratifying feelings. Yes. You look at it and you just feel so proud of yourself. It's primal. It's yeah. like you're a little kid and you just pooped. Oh, I, I, you knocked it right there. <laughs> that, that's exactly what it is, man. It, it, it is just such a weird, I don't know. And I, so I, I think I do it every day just to try to get the, like, get my first fix, you know, like try to get my first high again. Me too, dude. Me too. And yeah, when I do go on a trip or something and I'm away for three, four days and I don't have it, at first I'm like, ah, I want to like get in there with like Are you paranoid? You're yeah, paranoid. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then then maybe I'm like on the plane ride home and I think, oh my God, the first thing I'm gonna do is oh. not like pour a drink. It's not go to the bathroom. It's when, stick when, that Q tip straight into my ear, friend. Okay. And are you a guy and I know I am very much when I get off, when I get off a plane, no matter where I'm at, I need to shower. I need to. I I, I just it's. I, I feel so dirty. What well, I don't care if it's in COVID times or not COVID time. I just feel dirty being on a plane for a long period of time. It does feel grimy getting off of a plane, and it's what's funny is, like, for me going to LA. So let's say I have something to do like in LA minute, in the afternoon, like a thirty minute. Yep. I would wake up in San Francisco, shower, put on, because now that we're on this side of 30, we have to wear clothes to the airport now. You know what I mean? Clothes and deodorant. I clothes realize. and deodorant. We can't deodorant wear sweats and basketball big, shorts anymore because yeah. it's weird. You're right. I mean, occasionally I will, but that's when I'm rolling the dice. Anyway, you just feel like a, a normal human being when you put on real clothes at the airport. Pro right. tip. Anyway, yeah. But no, you're right. You get there and immediately, like, say you check into a hotel or something, you feel like before you do anything, you should shower, even though you probably don't have to because you right. showered like six absolutely. Hours ago. You just feel like you just need to like let me freshen up. Yeah, you know, let me freshen up a little bit before I do anything because you just, you, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the person next next sitting next to you who's not wearing shoes. I can't stand. Are you that guy? I am that guy, but. Um, <laughs> Only if, only if, only if, because a lot of times I'll go flip-flops. I think, yeah. With socks or no socks? No, come on, bro. Come on. 
come on. I'm not a virgin. Um, what, what was I getting at? I think, okay, so with, with the feeling gross thing, all that air on airplanes is recycled. So yeah, you just feel like that, that, yeah. I think that's what it is. I think that's definitely what it is. You're just sitting there in like bathwater air. I know that other people no. were in like the flight before you. Um, back to the Q-tips before we get into actual content. Do you use both sides, or are you like a one and done guy? Uh, for are we talking both ears? Let's say it's been four or five days since you. I'm using I'm using one Q-tip for each ear. Okay, so you go boom and then flip it around. I'll boom. go boom, boom, get all the good stuff and yep. then flip it and just to make uh, clean that's it out. I, that's the detail work. That's right. all the detail stuff. Right, right. It's funny because every time I use a Q tip too, somewhere in the recesses of my mind, I picture a tiny little man battling an American gladiator. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Turbo, turbo, yeah. gladiators ready, challengers ready. Uh, big show, premiere show. Yes. Got an A list yes. for you. We got one Jeff Goodman. He was great. He gave us an hour of his time. Uh, awesome, awesome stuff. Zag news we missed because we're we're figuring out. We're teeter. We're we're we're, we're trying to find our path. We're trying to we're finding our path here. Um, recording schedule as well. For the most part, I think these are going to premiere on Mondays. We did not talk about Nolan Hickman with Jeff Goodman. Uh, Nolan Hickman, oh, by the way, the 29th overall player in the incoming class coming to Gonzaga. Rob, are you, are you now ready for by the numbers, the incoming class? Right. Number one, Chet Holmgren. Been there, done that. Number two, Hunter Salas. He's 18 overall. Sorry, number two for the class. 18 overall. Uh, Nolan Hickman, 29 overall. Again, these numbers will vary two, three, or four, depending on what site you're looking at. And poor Caden Perry, the 53rd ranked player in the country. He committed to GU two years ago. In our era, Rob, Caden Perry would be like whispered about on campus for for months before he got Dude, Like, did you my, hear the top one? I hate talking about my class. For my <laughs> class, we were the first class to ever like be in the top 100, other than like Pargo, I think. It was like, it was Austin. Of Austin. Was, Austin, Austin was a big get. Austin, Steve was like 50. Was Steve 50? Okay. And I was like 92 or something like that. Were you ranked? No offense. Yeah. You were no, Canadian. I was. You know? Yeah, I was ranked. It was all three of it. It was the first time we ever had gotten uh, three guys who were ranked in the, Here we in go. the same class. Class of 2011, baby. Legendary. Legendary. So congratulations on Nolan Hickman. Um Congrats on not going to Kentucky. Congrats yeah, on coming to Spokane. Welcome to the real world, man. Spokane. If you guys want to learn some stuff, come to my house. <laughs> so all <laughs> summer we have to uh, discuss zags and things. Um, I have a couple of things I want to get off my chest, and I know you do too, Rob. So do you want to air your, your my trip? Here? Yeah, dude. So you know my horses go stay in Montana in the winter, and for our boy Kenny. One yep. of our biggest fans. Okay. Kenny was in Indy. I'm sure you met him. I'm sure he came up and he talked how he was so happy to go out there and see human beings. <laughs> Dude, I asked him when was the longest time he had gone without seeing a human being? And it was two and a half weeks. That's 
Well, that, that's uh, yes. two and a half weeks is a long time to go without seeing a human. <laughs> right. so this is like normal for him, dude. He lives his closest neighbor is 25 miles away. Jesus, Kenny. Okay, <laughs> right. Okay, right. Anyway, so I go out there, try to make a quick trip. It they haven't had rain for the whole year, so I we get there. I'm thinking it's going to be a nice day on Saturday. Dude, it dumped snow on us. Dumped. It was Yikes. 70 degrees on Friday, and then the next day, it dumped where it felt like I was in the middle of December. And it was the weirdest thing I'd ever experienced. And this and it is was, when? Tell me This again. was two weeks ago. Oh, shit. Okay. This was two weeks ago. And um, so it, it all cleared up. Anyways, it all cleared up by three o'clock and it was beautiful, clear skies, all that. Well, Kenny, the Pendergrafts, David Pendergraft, former player at Gonzaga, his wife wanted some lambs that were uh, abandoned or whatever. She had three, there were three baby lambs that and Kenny was bottle feeding. So like, the joke was, I was going to take these lambs home with me. And drop them off. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Well, he ended up putting these lambs in a doggy cage and putting them in my my pick the back of my pickup. Now, do the, the pentagraphs time- do the pentagraphs want to raise these lambs? Yeah, I guess so. I, I I would want I wanted to eat one while I was there. At least one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There were three. <laughs> <laughs> so any long story short. I'm trying to leave, get out of there. His road to get into town is like 23 miles of dirt road. I'm mobbing through it, four-wheel drive. I look at my speedometer or my gas. Oh, I got like 70, 80 miles in between gap of like me running out to the next town basically like, okay. like you know you know how you do your measurement oh i can make it i got 80 miles before i run out yeah yeah well because i'm going through four-wheel drive i'm just burning fuel not paying uh, attention. and you did did you did you factor that in no okay i did not okay i did not at all so i'm oh. driving and uh i'm seeing like oh i'm getting close i'm i'm getting close to this town like I'm getting close to this town, but I'm also getting empty on this tank. And by a mile and a, about, I would say half a mile, I get to one on the tank. Out one mile. One mile on on the tank. What did it drop to? Did it out? Did out of nowhere it dropped? It just like, oh. I, because I was hauling stuff too. Yeah. Before it was measuring what not hauling things, and then bef- now it was like I was hauling things, so it was like I was just burning fuel. I was one mile from burning, so I had to pull over. I had these lambs in the back of my damn pickup, plus horses. So every time we stopped, the lambs would start crying like I'm in, in silence of the lambs. Or like you've arrived at the slaughterhouse and they know. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Animals are smart. So there's my big ass walking on the side of the highway with a gas can filling up because I was like, I'm about to run out of gas and you can't run out of gas or fuel on a, uh, on a diesel or ruin it. So ended up doing that, filling up, 
And uh, it was a long trip after that with lambs and horses and dogs. It was a shit show. That was my that was my weekend. Two weeks I ago. thought this was going to end where you were pulled over on the side of the road for a while and you were like two and a half hours away from eating a lamb live, like taking a bite out of it. Dude, there were multiple times. I'm not going to lie. I you asked Kenny. I was like, you thought Kenny- about you thought you like you thought about ditching them in the yeah. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yes. oh, that would have been worse. That would have been that's inhumane. That was inhumane. But I saw like the sheep farm. Oh, perfect. And I was like, if I, what if I just throw these lambs over there over the with, fence? Over the fence? Will anybody notice? I don't know. My guess is yes. I'm guessing sheep farms have inventory on their. I'm sheep, sure they not. do, but if, if you added three more to your your, aren't you going to be excited? Yeah, yeah. You're probably going to ask no questions. I don't know. Uh, that's just my wild little crazy story that I've had in the last couple of days. That okay, but to someone who doesn't know you, that's crazy. But right. Most of us are like, yeah, that's a Tuesday for Rob. Stuck in a snowstorm in Montana in May with a farm in yes. tow. Yes, that's exa- exactly. People who know me know that's, that's why I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what I do to myself sometimes. I think I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah, I mean, we all are. I think I am too. Maybe that's, we, we always try to find what we have in common, why this works, and maybe that's what it is too. Like you just can't help it, Jack. Or I it, always I, I go out of my way to choose the hard path. Oh, dude, dude, all the time. All the time. And I swear, it sounds like it. It feels like a great idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems it feels like it's going to be easier. Like I'm doing oh, myself oh. a favor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then it always backfires. Um. I won't get too far into my thing here. I think we can stretch this for content for, uh, for the next episode, but I will say, you know, we talk a lot about how this country is, uh, is shattered right now. There's, there's, there's two teams, the red team and the blue team, and you got to choose one. I think we're getting to the end of that, Rob. Yeah. I haven't watched the news. I think there's going to be one huge, factor that unifies us as red white and blue baby i can see you saying a drum circle right now that is what are you trying to go with aliens my friend there are we going into this again aliens again i I don't want to get okay we do have jeff goodman and i don't want to get you going because we'll be here for an hour no we yeah exactly are we really yeah why are we saying aliens we'll do we'll do it next week we'll do it next week but just fyi next month because um, at the end of the year last year, the $2.3 trillion coronavirus relief bill that was signed into effect like right around Christmas. Yeah. In there was like, and oh, by the way, uh, in 180 days on the Senate floor, we need to know everything you know about aliens, pretty much. And so we're coming up on that 180 day. Shut month. the hell up. Really? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. Dude, dude, dude. U.S. intelligence agencies are expected to deliver a report on unidentified aerial phenomena to Congress next month, sparking renewed interest and speculation into how the government has handled sightings of mysterious flying objects and if there's any worldly explanation for them. Some senators are pushing other lawmakers and government officials to do more to investigate encounters with mysterious flying objects. Quote, 
I want us to take it seriously and have a process to take it seriously. Senator Marco Rubio. Excuse my French. No shit we should be taking this seriously. It's goddamn aliens, Rob. Everything else pales in comparison. We're talking about we're talking about our recruiting class. That dude. doesn't mean anything when we're dealing with aliens knocking on the door. Dude, I, I don't know where to go with this right now. One month, baby. One if, month, if, and all our domestic issues, all well, of our... If, if they come out and say, yeah, well, they've already kind of come out and said aliens are real. If that's the case, and like they're like, oh, aliens are going to arrive here by the end of this summer, what would you do? Dude, there's a new one. There's a new video out off the shore of San Diego. Oh, it's like a, the, it's a sphere and it's straight up. It doesn't like go up into the clouds. It doesn't go like east or west or isn't that an direction. old video? It goes into the Pacific Ocean, dude. July of July 1st, 2019. Oh, well, and there's, here, there's okay. new ones. There's new video of these suckers disappearing so, in the water. Are you saying that they're preparing like the aliens are getting us mentally ready for them to arrive? Um, no, I am of the opinion that the aliens could not care less if we know about them or if we're preparing for them or what, because I think they're just so beyond us. I think they just dig. I think they dig observing us. Because what are we, so okay, we're like, even we're like the ant farm? Are we like the ant farm? You saying exactly? That's I, I subscribe to that theory that they are so beyond us, beyond our comprehension that they don't care if we're self aware about them because it may it it would make no difference. But we'll find out. You know what? God bless America. We'll find a way to politicize it, dude. If yeah, oh for sure, <laughs> for sure. Oh, oh, there's no question. You're gonna have you're gonna, you're gonna have the red side being like. Oh, these are a bunch of liberals dressed up as uh-huh. aliens, and you're gonna uh-huh. have the the blue like not on my planet, not on my <laughs> coming down here taking our jobs, taking our right H two O, and then you're gonna be like, and then you're gonna have the left being like, why can't we all be friends and all this? And these aliens are actually want to like enslave us or something yeah. crazy. Watch, watch it just be worse. Here I am thinking we're no, no. I'm, then I'm heading to Kenny's. <laughs> the aliens are probably at Kenny's right now. That's where oh. they're going to start. They're going to start at places like Kenny's, probing oh, yeah. cows, and they're not going to start in the big cities. They're not going to start in Seattle. They're going to rural Montana. See, you just oh, we need uh, an alien specialist on. This yeah, show. we do. Still efforting a ghost specialist too. Let it be known, ghost I'm- alien, and um, we were talking about this not too long ago on the show. Ghost, alien, Scientology. Oh, Scientology. Oh, well, Scientology is all the same. It's fun. I'm, I'm in on aliens. I think you're just not paying attention if you're not in on aliens at this point. Out on ghosts. Not a ghost guy. Let the record show. Hmm. Casper. I ain't scared no ghost. I ain't afraid no ghost. No. Oh, hey, man. I think this is going to be a great... For the people who are listening, you have no idea what this show is about to turn into. We're not just going to... We're going to talk about Zag basketball, but this is going to... We're going to expand. We're going to expand on everything. So I just want them to know where we're going with this. Art Bell style. If you know who Art Bell is, you're one of the real ones. (laughs) 
Art Bell. Let's leave it at that. Rob, should we um, should we talk to Jeff Goodman? Yes, sir. Okay. From the corner. All right, Jeff Goodman, stadium college basketball insider. Really, you're just a basketball insider in general. Uh, Arizona alum, Massachusetts native, and lover of all things Gonzaga basketball. I just I, I rip I rip that off your LinkedIn page. That's all accurate, well, right? I, I yeah that that was on. I didn't know I had the lover of all things Gonzaga basketball on my LinkedIn page. I, <laughs> I might have to edit that for uh, anybody not in Spokane. But so Massachusetts. You're you're a Boston native, right? So how long have you been back home? Forever, man. Forever. I don't know why I came back. It was the dumbest decision I ever made. I mean, think about coming back to these winters when you went to school at Arizona. Like, what the hell was I thinking? But the, the good thing is, with all the the different jobs I've had, you know, going for Fox to CBS, the ESPN, and now to Stadium, like I've never had to move. Like I've always been in Massachusetts, so that's good for the family. You know, being around my parents who are getting older and my daughter, you know, I, I talked to all these coaches and I'm like, how do you guys do it in players? You know, but but coaches, because they're older players, you don't care. You know, you're, you're single most of the time. You move out of the country, you move, you know, different cities. It's not as big a deal, but I don't know how these coaches do it, you know, in terms of, of moving around as much. That's why, like, Tommy Lloyd's been blessed, right? Never had to move, really. Right. I, I, I had no idea you went straight from Tucson to Massachusetts. And then along the way, of course, you know, Fox. yeah, right, right. Fox, ESPN, now stadium. What was your first gig right after Tucson? <laughs> My first gig was, um, I knew I wanted to do this when I was young. I interviewed James Worthy when I was like 14, 15 years old. So I, I kind of knew I wanted to do this. And somehow I got into basketball recruiting I don't even know how. Like my, my first job out of college was at like Enterprise Rent-A-Car, then doing public relations for like biotech companies. I hated it. <laughs> the worst thing ever. I mean, sitting at, like I've never sat in a desk. Like since then, I've never had a job in an office. I, I've been so fortunate. Like I don't work. Like I've always said that, like I've never had a job where I've actually had to work. I cover basketball. I talk to people like you guys, watch games. Talk to coaches, players. It's honestly, it's you're so living anyway. The you're living the dream. Yeah. So I was covering like Rob when, you know, in, in AU ball years ago. And like, that's how I came up and I got lucky. I was working for a company called Scout and, and Fox bought Scout. And I begged the editor at Fox. I said, listen, can I write a college hoops column? Like once a week, pay me 50 bucks. This is in 2006. And they let me do it. And then I covered both full-time. I covered recruiting full-time and college hoops for like three years. And then I did just college hoops from there. So you were into high school basketball recruiting. I'm sure that was a big yeah. hit with the co-eds in Tucson. Huge. I'm sure they huge, wanted to talk huge. commitments, baby. Talk Always. Commitments, every, every, every girl wanted Yeah. My so, so you guys were scout. What was the other one? Rivals? Rivals. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do they still have that? Is that still going on? I think Scout is now 24-7. I think they changed the name, but I think Rivals still goes on. I don't – you know, it, it sucks because I don't go out as much. I'll go out in July still. Like, I'm excited to go out again this summer and see coaches and see the top players. But I knew every player. Like, I knew – you name it. You know, again, I'm a journalist at heart, so I'm not like most of the other recruiting guys. I had like a one-page bio sheet on every player, the top 150 players – and not only did I have like, you know, I had who their influencers were. 
I had what schools they were looking at, what? hobbies, you name it. I had everything on that dude. It didn't matter who it was. And I would have a list and call like five people, five kids every single night. So that's what it was. It was just getting on the phones and calling people because you couldn't exactly look information. Up. Right. You, I had the information. So then I'm doing recruiting and all the coaches are calling me, all the assistants and even head coaches. They're calling me because they know I know all these kids. You know, like Kevin Durant, I think I did the first story on him when he was 14. So I knew KD before he was KD. And, and people are calling me for info about all these kids. And then I, I start covering college and I flip it on. All these assistants that are calling me, I'm like, all right, now it's, it, it's my turn to pump you for info. And so it was easier. I never could have broken news like I have without that path. It made it easy for me because those guys already trusted me and they were milking me for info. And then it was like, all right, return the favor. Is so, it, go ahead. Oh, go, is it just, is it crazy? Obviously, we talk about the times and everything, but is it crazy how, how high school is now for basketball? Yes. Well, think about this. So the other day, uh, Shams, who I work with at Stadium, breaks the news of, uh, uh, what's his name? Jalen Hardy going to the G League, Ignite team. Mm -hmm. And everybody kills him for it. You know, sources say he chose the G League over whatever. He was never really considering a college. I think it was Kentucky, but everybody knew he was going G League Ignite. And people killed him for it. And I came to his defense and I said, like, listen, I broke every damn commitment years ago. And nobody had a problem with any of it. Now, there wasn't the platform there is now. Like, every kid, they could transfer three times in their career. And they want to make a damn announcement every single time they transfer. It's like, dude, you've already done it twice. Like enough, enough. Just if you want to tweet it out and be done with it. Like I remember this is probably 10, 10 years ago or so. Um, I was at LeBron camp. It was the, the, the year that uh, Jordan Crawford dunked on LeBron. Oh, yeah. I remember. remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, where's that? the tapes? The hidden tapes. That yeah. was me trying to get the tapes in yeah. Nike. Like I was going at it. I went at it with one of the head guys at Nike on the court. I remember LeBron was there and I was. I was MFing him, pissed off about, you know, there had to be video. You were MFing LeBron or LeBron's people? No, no, I'm not Jeff. that dumb. I'm not that yeah, yeah. yeah. I was MFing the Nike guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and they weren't going to give us anyway. So I remember it well. I was up top writing a story about it. And, uh, and KD tweeted out, like, I'm happy to stay in Oklahoma City. Like, there was no, there was no big platform. Like, he, he just tweeted out and was like, and I called him. I'm like, did you just sign an extension? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you couldn't even tell from the tweet. It was just like kind of, you know, like whatever. And now everything's like a song and dance and, and they all want the attention and social media has created that. So yeah, Rob, like things have changed in recruiting in high school because of social media. That's why. By the way, I don't know if this is an indictment on Rob or, or or anything, but we've been recording for like seven minutes and Jeff Goodman has yet to comment that Rob is wearing no suits or no shirt and just a velour robe. That's yeah, it. I, I just, figured he just got out of like a massage or something. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm just living my, my best life. That's life really what it is. Pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. Listen. Yeah. Hey, you've always marched to your own your your own drum there. Oh, Rob. Dude, always. That's what I love about it. you, man. God only made one blueprint of me because I couldn't handle the competition, man. <laughs> so many things I want to touch on, Jeff, that you uh, you mentioned there. Back to Shams. 
you know, he's what, 24, 25 years old? Like 12. <laughs> he's like 12. So 12. He had the benefit of coming up in college when, you know, the, the role of college basketball, or excuse me, basketball insider period existed. You know, a guy who just breaks news full times. You did not have that growing up. The, the, the world kind of shifted while you were in the industry. So what did you want to do in college and how did you kind of find your footing to where you are now? I mean, I wrote for newspapers. Like yeah. that was my deal. Like, like a, a school from back East would play out in LA and I would just get in the car from Tucson and drive out and cover it and try, like I'd lose out on the deal. I wouldn't make money. I'd lose money. Right. I mean, gas money to drive it, staying in a hotel. They were paying me, you know, 50, 75 bucks for the story. But at that point, it was all about getting experience, getting clips, you know? So for me, it was always about like my dream was always to write for the Boston Globe. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the people that have come oh, through the my. Boston Globe, but they are like, Rob, those are the dudes like Bob Ryan, who I do a podcast with now was like the guy that I always read and, and looked up to when I was younger, Peter Gammons. They had these notes columns. They still do. I don't really read the Globe that much anymore. <laughs> but they had these notes columns for every sport that were friggin' ridiculous because that's how like you got all your scoop then. That's how you got it all. You could hold it till Sunday. Now it's like you can't hold it for 30 seconds because somebody else is going to tweet it out or whatever. So, I, yeah, I wanted to work for the – I still kind of do. I won't lie to you. Like before I retire – I would love to like work for the Boston Globe for a couple of years and cover like write an NBA notes column or cover the Celtics. Boston, Boston. Hey, have you been to that old restaurant? I know this is off topic, but that old restaurant in Boston, uh, it's like the oldest restaurant in, in the country. It's right by the TD center. It's like tiny, tiny, tiny. The bar. No, it's like a little lobster place right there. It's tiny little spot. Right there uh, in the middle of the courtyard of Boston. I'll look tonight. They they flipped out like all that stuff that was by the garden. They have totally uh, revamped all of it. Like it, it was kind of a dump. Like there was really not many places to go years ago. Now they've changed everything, including the garden. We're going. I'm taking my wife to the playing game tonight. Jack, uh, Celtics, hey, Wizards. You've so never been gonna... to Boston. I've never been to Boston. Okay, well, Boston streets are like if you were looking at the a cobblestones, little... right? No, forget the cobblestones. Okay. The streets is like a kid drew a map and just scribbled <laughs> all over a piece of paper. And that's what their streets look like. I've it's seen the to town. It is. It's not like some cities that, that make it easy. You know, they have like alphabetical. Or, a grid. Or, you yeah. know, a grid. A grid. Yeah, no, it's like some kid just went circle, 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 circle on a piece right. of paper. And that's their streets right there. Uh, Jeff Goodman, the first story you broke when you thought, maybe this is going to be my niche. Maybe this is what I'm going to do now. Richard McCants okay. committing to North Carolina. Okay. How about that, guys? Okay. I got Rashard the itch. Who, who, who's, uh, you know, out of his mind, <laughs> you know, like completely blackballed by Carolina now. I mean, think oh, about it. He was blackballed? Yeah. Like he came out years ago on ESPN and, and basically – I think said like, yeah, I didn't, I never took my own tests. Like I have people oh, doing my, my work for me. Uh, basically, you know, playing into the whole mantra yeah. that the Carolina. You yeah. Know, was, was Just decided to burn every bridge in Chapel Hill. He had everyone. Yeah. And he yeah. already burned a lot yeah. before that, but that was like <laughs> the final straw. That was it. So 
yeah, all of a sudden I called McCants. As I said, I had like a board of like five guys I had to call every night. I called McCants and I'm like, hey, who are you looking at now? You know, what's what's the latest with your recruitment? He's like, oh, I just actually hung up. I just committed to Carolina. I'm like, oh, shit, what do I do with this? So I wrote it up and uh, it blew up because it was Carolina. I mean, anything Carolina is going to blow up. So mm-hmm. it, it blew up. So that gave me the itch from there on. I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Like people actually give a shit about what I write. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, How- was, was he the leading scorer of that team when they won? He probably was. I mean, they had dudes. Remember how talented that team was. That it was an unbelievable talented team. So talented. Marvin Williams, uh, Sean May, uh, Raymond Felton. Yes, Marvin was the sixth man on that team. That's what how about, talented they were. What about a miss? The biggest miss you've ever had earlier in your career when you thought, "Oh my God, is it over for me?" Kind of thing. So I'll, I'll give you a good story. I think I've only been wrong twice, okay? And I'll tell you both times that I was wrong, and you can tell me whether – and I was. I was wrong, but I'll give you the specifics. So the first one was um, Billy Clyde Gillespie, who I call Bully Clyde Gillespie because I don't think he should be coaching anybody at any level. Here ever. we go. This is the stuff. No, I, I, I think he's a bad human being. I do. I think mean, he's a bad human being. <laughs> well, expand, expand. Tell, tell me why. Oh, Personal I mean, reason? How he treats people. I mean, he just treat, he treats people like garbage. Outside of not winning actual basketball games. That too. Yeah. That too. Yeah. I mean, listen, a good ex is in his coach, Bully Clyde. But, but again, the, my biggest pet peeve in this business is if you treat people like shit, I'm going to find you. And, and if you do, yeah, damn, damn right, I'm going to come after you. Like Greg Marshall a year ago. I don't know if you guys remember that story. Oh, yeah. Wichita State yeah, coach, yeah. Punched a player. Mm-hmm. And, and it was it was punching a player, but it was how he was treating people in general, whether it's staff, whatever. Anyway, let me get back on track. Uh, so Bully Clyde, before he took the, the Kentucky job, verbally accepted the Arkansas job uh, from Texas A&M. So I wrote it. I said, you know, Billy Clyde Gillespie, you know, will be the next coach at Arkansas. Probably. I like how I you – I like how you say all three names like he's a serial killer. Holy Holy Yeah. Um, so he takes the job and then somebody calls him and they say, hey, sit tight. Kentucky's going to come calling. Oh, no. Which they did. Yeah. So he backed out of the Arkansas deal. Well, obviously, he's never going to admit that. The AD is never going to admit that. So I'm wrong. You know, I'm wrong. I, oh, listen, I, wow. I was wrong. Okay. You're yeah. out on an island. Yeah. 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 I was wrong. The other one, this one was great. Um, Trey Burke, after his freshman year at Michigan, I said he was gone to the NBA. He had cleaned out his, his apartment or his dorm or whatever, went back home. And the source of the information to me was Trey Burke. He told me, he's like, I'm gone. So I write it. Trey Burke's leaving after his freshman year. He goes back home. Well, uh, his dad, Benji Burke and, and John Beeline had another, you know, thought about this. They had a powwow, the three of them. And the next thing you know, Trey Burke was headed back to Ann Arbor, uh-huh. to Michigan for a sophomore year, mm-hmm. which was a smart move, obviously, because he was like national player of the year. They did everything, went to the final for the national title game. So, again, I'm wrong. So I said to him before there, I saw him at the final four. I think he was getting his national player of the year award. And I said, hey, man, uh, are you OK now if I could just tell people that you were my source? And he's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Do whatever you got to do now. He didn't care. He's playing for a national title. He's going Good to the for NBA. him. Yeah. But again, you know, those are ones where like 
things can change too, right? There's moving parts in these where people do change their decisions. So you got to be careful. I've learned to maybe soften up some things because of that. Okay. Okay. So from, from scout.com to, you know, Fox to ESPN. Now, when you set out, did you ever in the back of your mind think that you'd be doing TV? No shit. Look at me. Yeah. (laughs) So I I can't imagine what it must've been like to go from, you know, like you said, making 50 bucks a week to doing sports center hits. You know what I mean? How did, how did that go down? I was so bad on TV. (laughs) So bad. I mean, it took me three years. I'm not kidding. Three years before I was comfortable. It's like, and and Rob, I, I wonder how you can relate to this analogy, but like for me, it was, if I screwed up and stumbled on a word or a thought or anything, I couldn't get past it. It was like that next play, right? If you make a mistake on the yeah. court, did it screw you up and, 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 and it just screwed up in your head? For you, it probably didn't because, you know, you're you. So you probably just got past you, it. Hey, man, you put you put the words in my mouth, brother. Right? Exactly. Hey, you just kept going. You gotta, you, honestly, though, when it comes to those type of things, you just you don't look back. Just don't look back. You got to keep just, if I'm going to stumble, I'll keep stumbling on words for the rest of the day. I don't care. Let's, like Kobe said, I'd rather go one for 50 than one for nine. And that's easier said <laughs> than done. Cause Jeff, as you said, the stumble in your head is always much worse than what it actually was. Yes. And then in your mind, you're like, Oh my God, I'm an idiot. Everybody knows I'm an idiot. I'm exposed. Right. And then, and then you're stumbling and bumbling and rumbling the rest of the way. Yep. So did somebody give you advice or did you just have to watch tape or what? No, you know no, what it was? Acting coach. No, they don't give you anything at ESPN. <laughs> oh, really? They don't really? give you they're, anything. No, there's zero. Zero. Like when you, and I wish they had done this and they should be doing this for everybody. They should have one person at all times that is watching everything that's going on, but specifically SportsCenter. You and think the there writers. would be. You think there yeah, would be. Yeah, especially to the people that had no experience doing TV, the, the writers they hire and every time they come off, a segment they should be saying here's one good thing you did yeah right and here's one thing that you need to improve on yeah. every yeah. single time it doesn't take that much so what changed it for me year three i'm on with with scott van pelt who helped me get hired there like one of my best like the best the yeah, best yeah. dude in the world and i'm on with him at like midnight or whatever and uh and this dude is like screwing up like like he's stumbling he's screwing up but he's laughing at himself He's just Scott or you? Scott. Scott. Oh, okay. Okay. Just laughing himself. Keeps going and like whatever, like figures a way to get, you know, who cares? And after that, I'm like, man, if he can do that and and just make fun of himself and I've got it in me to do it. Like the hard part (laughs) is I'm super loose and I'll make fun of myself all the time. But the, the hard part sometimes is as an information guy, well, there's certain things you're not going to be talking about Rick Pitino and, and, the stripper scandal and joking around about it and like talking about it like this, you've got to be serious. So I think people expected me in my role. Like when you watch Woj or Shams, what are they? Very, very serious, Uh right? Most newsbreakers are serious and like, I'm not. And finally it took me like till year three to be like, who gives a shit? I'm going to be me. Talk to him. (laughs) I like that. There you Uh go. I've, I've spoken with a few ESPN people about this because, you know, sports journalism, the end all be all the Mecca is ESPN, right? So everyone tells the story of the first time they got the job, you know, the phone call, et cetera, et cetera. And then immediately they talk about the day they left because ESPN just kind of beats you down. 
Can you can you speak to that a little bit? Like give the people an insight as to why it's not so great after years and years, specifically for what you were doing. Yeah, I mean, I had four great years and, and I worked my ass off. And um year five was tough. There were a few things that happened. I'll, I'll, the Cliff Notes version is is you know, number one, um early on in the year that year, Dan Dockage came after me on the air. We were doing a game together in Portland, you, PK eighty. Get in line, baby. Get in yeah. line. Dan yeah. Dockage. Dockage, Dockage <laughs> is not the greatest really? human game. Yeah, he went after me. Um Ohio State was beating the hell out of Stanford. They were going to play Butler the next game. And they were saying, Dockage was basically saying, this is going to be so tough for Chris Holtman, the coach at Ohio State, because he's got to play his former players at Butler, former team. And I jumped in as sideline reporter and said, like, why? Like, why should this be tough? Like, he left for double the money. He left Butler in a much better place than he found it. Like, no, this shouldn't be tough at all. So he starts screaming at me, you don't know what you're talking about, sideline guy this, sideline guy that. And I just – I took it because we're on the air. Like, you can't do that. So I was done with him, done with him. Like, Damn, it, so he's it, your teammate, and this is going on. on yeah, the worst yeah, teammate, yeah, the worst yeah. teammate. The next day, how about this? <laughs> next oh morning, God. the next morning, you know how the Nike store out there, you guys been to that, the little Nike store in Portland? Yep. I had never been. So they give you the cards. I walk in, first person I see. Dockage. Yes. So, you know, and you can't get away from it's a small store. Like the Nike store there is not like this get big running into each aisle. You right. just run into me. Yes. Uh, Keep running right. into them. And I went right up to him and I'm like, Dan, man, you you can't do that shit. Like you just don't do that shit. So by the end of it, we kept passing each other. He's with his um, I don't know if they were married, I think his his wife. And uh he's like, Hey, he, at the end, he's like, why, why don't you come out for dinner with us? I'm like, no, no, thanks, man. Oh, wow. Not a chance in hell. Wow. Um, so that was number one. Number two was, if you remember, the, 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 the whole federal investigation was going on with college basketball then. Yep. They told me to stand down. They basically I told me not to what? I was hoping you'd get there because I just read that about you. Craziest That's cool. thing ever. Like, why would you have the person that has access to more information than anybody else in my opinion, again, may sound arrogant, but but I think I'm as connected as anybody in college basketball. Why would you have that person not cover and really dig in to the whole federal investigation? So that was two. And then number three, they sent me to Lithuania to cover the Ball Brothers <laughs> for 10 days in LeVar, and LaVar, and it blew up. Like, it blew up. Like, I liked LaVar in small doses. I thought yeah. he was entertaining. Oh, he's I'm good the for first, your job. Yeah. yeah. Get your job easy. I'm the first one who put him on TV. Yeah. First one who put him on TV at a high school event, I was doing sideline, went up and I'm like, who is this dude yelling and screaming, went up, interviewed him. And in the middle of the interview, I said to him, I'm like, hey, man, I, I'm, I'm just going to give you the microphone. Like, this is easy. And we really had a good relationship until he he thought I was his PR guy. And like, dude, no, no, no. I got to do my job here, man. Got it. So got it. I wrote the story. He killed Luke Walton to me in Lithuania. And, uh, and I wrote it. And his guy, Alan, was his business manager then, a guy named Alan Foster, who ended up um, taking money from him, stealing money from them, I guess, allegedly. I don't know how that played out. Um, but they, they were they were pissed that I wrote it. LeVar really wasn't. But LeVar, LeVar listened to this dude. And, and this dude, again, um, we got into it a couple times. And then at the very end, after their first game, 
Uh, I said, I need both LaMelo and LiAngelo for like two minutes by themselves. Like, I just need them together for like two questions for SportsCenter. Well, they didn't do it. And uh, <laughs> remember the Facebook show? They had this big Facebook show. Oh, yeah. Time. Oh, yeah. So they had like cameras everywhere, whatever. They wanted to mic me up before the game. I'm like, no, no. But they had. So uh, when he said no, uh, I dropped a couple F-bombs uh, at him. Uh, Why well, is this like, come on, man. Like, I'm the only one here. He, and he outgrew you like he had outgrown you? I don't even know what it was. He was like, well, we already did a press conference. I'm like, dude, no, no. This is Sports Center. Yeah. We came all the way here to lift the wing knee up for you knuckleheads. Right. Like, the least you can do is answer two. And, and the kids, I felt bad because I tried to tell both of them, like, when they got off the van for that first game before the game, I said, hey, because they're not – they don't talk much. Leangelo didn't say anything. Lonzo, oh, really? Lonzo, who I love. Never, ever said anything, like two-word answers. LaMelo had more of it in him to talk. But I said to both the kids, I said, listen, I'm here to make you look good. Um, you're going to get out the out the van, and I'm going to be there with, with a camera, and just smile and give me, like, instead of, like, two words, give me, like, two sentences. You don't have to give me a ton. Just smile. Everybody's going to see it back home. And, of course, I can't remember which one I asked the first. I'm like, hey, how does it feel to be making your professional debut? Good. I'm like, come on, man. Like, really? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what are we – like, I'm trying to help you. And, again, like, I don't know. It, it, so That's anyway, that's, ru- that's rough. But at the same was. time, how old? Lamelo was young. He was like 15. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Angelo was Lange- – he, he was old enough to know better. He and he had been through, to know better. He had been through an international incident at that that's point. That's right. So yes. <laughs> you uh, think he yes, could handle the, the press a little bit. A do you, theft, a do you theft deal rate. with a lot of parents on What's like that? when you were recruiting, when it was in like college and all that, did yeah. you have to deal with a lot of crazy parents? Oh gosh. It was, Duke it was parents. Hey, Duke parents were the worst. Oh really? I love it. Oh, just think about it. Just think about Duke parents back then. Yeah. yeah. Probably changed now. I mean, think about it. with social media now. I mean, that's the fun part. Like now, if I – and I, I never really say anything negative about it. High school kid, never, ever, right. ever. College kid, it, it takes a lot. Like I'll – for like a high school kid, if a coach asks me and they say, hey, this kid is, you know, he, he, he's a prima donna. Can you do me a favor? Can you put something out there that might help, you know, help kind of focus him? I will do that if I know the coach well enough. Like, I did that with T.J. Warren back when he was at Brewster Academy, and he hated me for it, and NC State fans hated me for it. But I think he realizes, like, we're good now, T.J. and I, like, what I was doing it for. Because everybody's kissing these guys' asses. Everybody. Like, they come off the court, they might go one for 20. And it's like, well, you didn't take enough shots. It's like, no, like, like. But that's that's the problem with the people around these kids so often, especially the hangers on. Like it's parents, but it's also the people that think they're 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 gonna get something from these kids. I, I just I hate that. So I try to be real as much as I can, but it's hard to be real with high school kids because you don't ever want to, you know, be negative right. um, with, with them. Well, Andy, what's crazy is you can see it like un, unfolding in front of you with all the hang arounders and, and yes, men, it's crazy. It's it, it actually, it's Sorry. like, you got to get out of this crowd, buddy. You yep. you just want to tell them that, but you know, they're not going to listen. Right. 
what's so what's I the love, biggest example? I love the kids, the kids that are not on social media, and there aren't many. I'm actually going through it now for for name, image, likeness. I want to see the social media uh, followings of some of these kids and whether they can make money and who can make money once they're able to to capitalize on on their name, image, likeness. Um, almost every kid like is on some sort of social media. The the last one that I remember got off completely, and I'm sure there's been since others, but was Aaron Kraft at Ohio State. He got off everything. Like I think he got off Facebook. He got off everything. And I just I while I shouldn't, because again, as a media person, I love the, you know, the guys who the Draymond Greens of the world, right? Like yeah. the best. They, they make our job easy. I also respect the hell out of kids, especially anybody at the high school level that can say like, no, nah, you know what? I'm going to focus on the right things. I'm not going to be stuck on Twitter for hours a day or, or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is. I just want to play ball. Aaron Kraft, all-time Big Ten villain. I used to love watching him play. No, man. You know who I by, – by the way, I won't stick to this for too long, Jeff Goodman. One of my all-time hated college basketball athletes, TJ McConnell. And if you had really? told me he'd be in the there. league for 10 years, I would have laughed in your face. Why? He came across, man. He has impressed the, he impressed the hell out of me. He called me after he finished at Arizona. He literally called me and he said, hey, do you think I have any shot of, of making the league? And you know what I told him? Nope. I said, if, if, if Matthew Della Vadova can start in the playoffs, yeah. you can make this league. Now, you're not like Della Vadova. Your games are very, very different. But all I'm saying is, and the, the coolest part of it is, TJ McConnell's first game, in an NBA uniform in Boston. Oh, I yeah. walked into the locker room and I almost got teary eyed. Cause again, I've known him. You see a kid like that and you're like, there's no way he's going to make it right. And then he makes it. That's the best part of my job by far. The best part of my job is, and, and I regret, I don't have the relationship with these, these guys at a younger age. Now I just, I can't talk to 16 year old kids anymore. Like I can't enter. Like <laughs> you, you, have, you can't relate. No, but. hell no. What am I going to talk to him about? Oh, like TJ was on the white dude. Like I, I can't. I can't. I wish I could. Oh man, but I can't. Like <laughs> it's I can important ask to be self-aware. And then I'm out. Like I can ask like two, three questions, and then I'm out. I always tell kids what they should do from now on. I never used to do this, and that's part of why I don't think I can talk to that many now. Is I wouldn't just go up and ask him for a school list. I would want to know their story and I could still do that. If I, if I'm motivated, I could absolutely go out and, and do a story on Chet Holmgren, who, who I, I had on my pod in the summer, last summer, I had Chet and Paulo together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and man, like I could talk to, I think, I think I could have a long conversation with Chet, like an hour long and, and, and not miss a beat, but there, you know, there aren't a lot of kids that can do that at his age. Like the majority of them, a lot of them don't want to talk. And they a lot don't of them know how to talk. Don't know how to talk. That's right. Like Chet's awesome. Freaking awesome. So off, off the air, were you pushing Spokane to Chet? I, I don't push anybody. You know, <laughs> funny, I, I got in trouble. I'll give you a good story. Years ago, um, this is great. I was doing recruiting then and running a prep school event as well that was going to fall apart. And I knew all these, I'm in New England, all the prep schools are here. And, um, I wrote a story about Cal Perry, couple stories, but the, the most, the one that really triggered it was I wrote a story about, you remember Abdul Gaddy? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Washington. Seattle, obviously you guys know him well, I'm sure. So his mother worked at FedEx 
Cal was at Memphis. FedEx is their biggest sponsor. And the, the, the number two guy at FedEx was a guy named David Bronzek, the COO. And he was calling and recruiting the mom for, for Abdul to go to, to Memphis, mm-hmm. which is illegal. Right. And I had her on the record. I don't think she even knew it was illegal. Ooh, no. Her on the record, Abdul on the record, uh, wrote the story. Man, Cal got pissed. And this wasn't our first run. We had had another one I had written a few years before. But this one <laughs> touched a nerve because you got FedEx. And oh, yeah. by the way, I worked at Fox at that time. The biggest sponsor of the, the BCS FedEx. Was, was FedEx. Oh, yeah. So like it took me like a month to get this story through. He went ballistic. So he calls up my bosses. He Well, he called somebody at Fox TV that called my boss. And he basically said um, four things from what I was told. Uh, one was that I steer players to certain schools. One was that I run a prep school tournament, which is a conflict of interest. One is that I was an Arizona booster. And one was that I was being investigated by the NCAA. Well, Arizona booster, I didn't make shit back then. I didn't make any money. Like, I finally give Arizona some money now because I make enough money. NCAA has no jurisdiction to to investigate me. I'm a freaking writer. You can't do anything. That'd be hilarious, yeah. Right. And, and so I gave, I gave up the prep school tournament, which sucked because I loved it. I made no money off it. I didn't write about it. I just did it because it was going to fall apart. I gave it to somebody else. And the, the last one was getting back to your point with Chet, uh, steering players to certain schools. If a kid asked me, like I remember the kid, you remember the kid Emmanuel Negadoo at all? Yeah. He played at Tennessee. He was committed to Arizona. And I remember he asked me, he was like, is Lute Olson going to be the co- coach there? Because he, at that point, there was some health issues with Lute. Is O'Neal? he going to be the coach there for four years? Yeah. And I said, I don't, I don't think so, man. Like, I don't think so. So, like, anybody who ever says, like, I'm steering players, I'm going to help the play. If they ask me a question that I can answer, like, I'm not going to tell them where to go. But if they ask me, like, you know, something about that program or, or are they recruiting somebody else? And I really regret not doing it as much back then, like especially with with dickhead coaches. Like that's my biggest regret. My biggest regret is not being able to tell a kid then, hey, you know what? Be careful going to play for Bully Clyde Gillespie. <laughs> you know, because they don't know. These kids don't know when you commit. Oh, sure. What what they're really like. Yeah. Everyone, everyone can be impressive on a recruiting trip. You know oh, what I mean? Man. Everyone can put on their best face for an hour and a half, two hours when you're chatting yeah. up the parents. Yeah. That's right. It's, it's wild. And, but at the same time, what do you think about the whole portal then? Here we go. I mean, listen, on one hand, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. On one hand, um, I, I agree that kids should have the right to transfer and not sit, not have to sit. Although it, ha- it helps a lot of kids in that year sitting and getting better as like Kelly Olenek, um, you know, when he redshirted, yep. or it's not the same, but, and a lot of guys, you know, uh, have benefited through that at, at Gonzaga. But I will say on the flip side, the quality of play is going to suck next year, guys, because you're going to have over 50% of overall college basketball that is going to be flipped. Like 50, there'll be 50% of every program on average that will be new from a year ago to now. That is not going to be good for the quality of play for college basketball, especially in November and December. Maybe by January, it'll be better league play, but we know what matters 
is November and December for building your non-conference. If you suck in November and December, especially your league, like you're done. Like Pac-12, that, that's been shown before, even last year, right? I mean, Pac-12 wasn't very good. And then all of a sudden, the Pac-12 was great um, when it mattered most. You got to think this is a bubble, though, a transfer bubble that's going to burst at some point. I mean, COVID really didn't help. It, it, it wasn't great. COVID made it exponentially worse. Yeah. Do you think two years from now, we're back to no. transferring like close to a last resort? Or no, this is, this is the new normal? No, because kids see other kids, especially at the mid and low level, all they needed to see is one other kid do well on their team or in their league. And nine can fail. Nine can transfer up and do nothing. But all they want to see, oh, he look at him. He, right. you know, Arlique Jones last year goes Radford to Louisville. You don't think every kid in the Big South right now is thinking they can do the same thing? Every top player? They it's, are. It's just a weird time in that sense of like, because you, you remember you were saying earlier in the show, like, when you're talking to parents and everything and how important and people were guiding you to a certain direction and you had to go to that school and how important that school was. But then like, I feel like it takes the whole importance out of it. You know, yeah. I don't know. It, it's again, I don't think it's good for the game. And I, Rob, what do you think it is for the kid? Like, do you agree that the kid should have the ability to transfer and not have to sit out? You can't transfer multiple times. Right. Well, that's, that's what they're going to try to get in this one-time transfer rule. But this year it's going to be tough because, like, um, who are we talking about right now? Uh, James Akinjo. Akinjo, who, who went, transferred Georgetown to Arizona, and now it's going Arizona to Baylor. Well, all he's got to do is say, I, wanna, I, had, I had issues because of COVID. I had mental health issues. And you're telling me the NCAA is going to fight that? Right. Well, that's what I mean. I, I think once we put COVID more in the rearview mirror, things are going to get better. But maybe that's just me being optimistic. Yeah, I think it's you being optimistic. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the numbers won't continue to grow from here. And again, the transfer portal, you got to remember, too, there's like 300 kids in the portal right now. That's if you're crazy. Team, that's crazy. No, 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 no. no there's 300. You, you didn't let me finish. You didn't let me finish. There's like 1,400 overall. There's 1,400, Rob, scholarship kids. We're at about 1,400 right now, okay? Um, what, what, they just think this is like musical chairs? Well, here, let me let me get to it. Now, somebody will put a number up of like 1,550. There's like 150 walk-ons. They need a different portal for, for walk-ons, first of all. Like, walk-ons should have their own damn portal. They don't need a portal, I'm sorry. They, or, that's what I mean. Yes, yeah, that's I'll what call I mean. I was trying to be nice, right? I will. I'll call it. They don't need it. Yeah. You're right. They don't need a, a portal okay, so, <laughs> but you've got like 300 kids that every senior remember all the seniors got their year back so if you're a senior right now at i'll use like iona you played for rick patino last year and why wouldn't you just throw your name in the portal and see if a high major comes along right it, there's not yeah. no downside yeah. Yeah, yeah, if yeah, you're right. saying to yourself hey my career's over i don't want to play another year at iona or the mid-major. But you know what? If a high major calls, shit, yeah, I'd look at it. I'll play another year if the right high major. So I think you've got like a couple hundred of those. You know, a lot of a lot of kids like that, they have nothing to lose. So you got like 300 seniors and even a lot of high major seniors. You know, Remy Martin yesterday, Arizona State, decides like, well, he's not an NBA player. We know that. He's not an NBA player. So 
he's either going to go overseas, try to maybe sign a two-way if he could, or now he's going to go to Kansas. So if you're him, you're saying, we sucked at Arizona State. We didn't get a ton of, of, of publicity in the Pac-12. Let's face it. And, and I'm a Pac-12 guy, but I live in the East Coast. People don't watch the Pac-12. No. They no. just don't. We don't he- stay. Listen, I'll stay up for really good games, but I'm not 20 anymore. I'm not staying up every night till 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> I'm not. What, no. what, what, what do you want me to say? No, you're right. That's you're a great right. segue, Jeff. Because over the last 10 years, you've been to all the major Thanksgiving tournaments. You've been to all the super fun, uh, non-con neutral games. So my question to you is, the fan base you consistently have the most fun with? I mean, it's Kentucky because I screw with them. Damn it. You know, like I just have fun with them. I know I know how to push their buttons. Uh, they they don't even know I'm pushing their buttons and messing with them. Like they think it's real a lot of it. Again, oh man. So it's like, but but they they all hate me. I mean, I years ago I went to back home, like back to Tucson, and I had to check in under a, a, a different name because they had been calling my hotel room the previous time. They hated me. Yeah. So like it doesn't matter. Every fan base has hated me at one time or another. It sucks. That's not true. I don't think the Zags have ever hated you. That's a good point. You're yeah. right. You're right. Give me that one. You're right. <laughs> Very few. Now, how about this one? So my daughter's a junior in high school now. So she's looking at schools. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. She's gotten into sports the last couple of years. Had no interest in sports the first 15 years of her life. Like zero. Zero. All this. She loves hockey now. Loves hockey. So we got to fight over the TVs these days because – NBA playoffs, hockey, whatever. Um, but one of the schools that, that she wants to look at because she, she wants to do something in sports, broadcasting probably, is Indiana. Well, Indiana fans hate me right now. And I don't understand why. It started with the fact of me telling them, you're not getting Brad Stevens, you idiots. <laughs> like, you're not getting him. And I was right. And they still kill me for it and act like I was wrong. And then they hire Mike Woodson a 63-year-old who's never coached in college. Right. He's been in the NBA his whole career. He's 63. <laughs> I, yes, I said, I don't think it's a good hire. It is. Now, so now my daughter, my poor daughter, wants to look at Indiana. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, do we got to change your last name? No, go with it. Wear like a Ride badge with it. Ride it. Poor girl. She'll get killed, man. Kill. Jeff, I, was, I got like a year. I got a year to try to get him on my side, I guess. Yes, but I'm not going to do that unless I know she's going to Indiana. I'm, I'm not like I'll, I'll work out if I know she loves Indiana, then I'm, I'm going to have to like, I guess, take my foot off the pedal a little bit with Mike Woods. I was trying to lead you with that last question by uh, having the most fun with. I meant like actual fun, like partying. Oh, because, oh, 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 you, you're going to get me to, to, to talk about Zags fans in the bars and the bars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God. Because I don't, I don't want to put you on blast, Jeff, but, um, Tennessee Gonzaga three years ago, yep. I was in the apartment afterwards when my buddy fell and mashed his face on the that was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. I mean, like, and I didn't know it. Like I would have went to the hospital. How, how did he end up? He's fine. His name's Bleep. He's got a scar on his uh, over he his. Does? Yeah. Do you want to tell Damn the story me. from your from your point of view? I mean, shit. I don't remember all of it. Okay. I probably had a few too many that night. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. We, we were out. I think was it was it Amo and me went 
I was out. I think Adam was out and about. I don't know if Adam came back to the. To no, the he didn't come back. But oh. but I think I went out. Maybe started with him, and you know Adam's deal. Like you could start with him, and then you got no idea where he's going to end up by the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. Um, We're in Scottsdale. Yeah. Yeah, it was in Scottsdale. I forget. I mean, that's a great area. I used to go when I went to school in Tucson. I used to drive up um, all the time, and it wasn't what it is now. Uh, but yeah, and and I had met a bunch of 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 uh of zags fans uh prior just maybe i think it was a final four year the year yeah. before yeah, yeah, so yeah. i've met a bunch of guys you know previously and even you know for the gonzaga arizona game um so i knew a bunch of of, of people from that and uh we go out and having a good time and then somehow i get convinced to, to come back to to this um apartment i forget what was the guy's name who, who lived there Do you Sean know evans John Evans. Oh my God. You went to Sean John's. I don't know what I was doing, but, but everybody's trying to convince me to come back. You know, it was harmless. Uh, I mean, we weren't doing anything crazy. Right. Right. No, we're just hanging out. We were honestly just hanging out at at his apartment. And uh, all of a sudden I look over and this dude, like, like they're wrestling or something. And the next thing, you know, the dude hits his, his, forehead on the corner of like a table and, and blood is gushing everywhere right? <laughs> everywhere it was bad and i'm like oh shit like what we gotta get this kid i mean it wasn't stopping like towels the towels on him to try to get the blood to stop and it wasn't stopping i went downstairs and I, I i think i said like i'll come to the hospital if you need me to i got no problem i was downstairs as, as you guys went in the car and uh, did you go over with him? I didn't go to the hospital because, I mean, I grew up with Bleep. He was like yeah. my college roommate. So for me, it was just another night. But I do remember, <laughs> I do remember being thankful Jeff Goodman was there because it felt like he was the only adult in the room because he uh, was the, he was like, this the, is getting serious. And then Sean, like our most responsible friend, got in the car with him. And then he yeah. spent the night in the ER. <laughs> Man. That was a bad night because we had we lost to uh, to Tennessee, Tennessee first loss of the season. You had the game too. Yeah, I know the game was like one. I mean, you had that Grant. That was the Grant Williams Admiral Schofield kind of sort of Schofield. coming out party a little bit. Yeah, big time, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jeff Goodman, I uh, I already had respect for you, mostly because of that night because you took care of my buddy. But big time in the way you handled this uh, this Tommy Lloyd hiring. I mean, big question is, are you still friends with Gilbert Arenas? Are you wow. still cool with Gilbert Arenas? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 yeah. The, text the backlash. Thread. Yeah, we got, I got some backlash from him, from Richard Jefferson, a little bit of backlash. You know, they were upset at first, and they may still be, but they were definitely upset at first because I think, I think part of it was they didn't feel like Damon Stoudemire got a fair shot. I think they felt like this thing was done from the jump. And it might have been, Rob. I know you give me the look. It might have been done from the jump. Did he really? Here's my thing with that whole discussion. He didn't make it. He hasn't even made it to a WCC finals. True. True. But but you could – I'll play devil's advocate. And and you know how I feel about Tommy and having him in Tucson. Right. The devil's advocate is, well, he's been a head coach. Tommy Lloyd has yeah, no, that's that's the de facto. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. I, I I see the I see the argument, but I just if you if you know college sports, which 
you and I, I feel I know a bunch. Like if you follow it, you realize how much Tommy has done for Gonzaga as yes. well. I don't think people realize that nationally. That's the problem. I don't think, and and I've I mess around with few a lot, few a lot on this is like, like he doesn't want to go out recruiting. We know that. Like he doesn't want to go to the PTM. They got to drag him out, and even then, sometimes he won't go to the PTM. Nobody was happier that 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 there were no visits and, and no AAU tournaments last year than Mark Few. Nobody, right. right? Like the dude, what he does per hour work is insane and i'm not saying he's lazy because when i tried to say that he went off on me on on, on my podcast with robbie hummel I, I literally told the story of luke ridnauer mm-hmm. to hummel That's a great one and how basically after he missed out on luke that i was told that his whole kind of approach changed he put in all this time they didn't get luke and he said the hell with it i'm not doing it again i told hummel that on our pod so fewy his kids one of his kids must have shown him the pod and he's like, I want to be on there. I want to be able to defend myself against Hummel. That's that's BS. So he came on, and he literally did. Like, it's the thing. People he didn't don't deny understand. it. He didn't deny it though, <laughs> right? Because I, I, I listened to the pod. He did not deny yeah. it. He, didn't he did deny not it. deny it. No, You're right. He didn't. I, I love Fuey. I, I feel like he gets a bad rap nationally because I don't think people know what type of personality he has, and he's got shit to him. Like you guys agree on that or no? I mean, you guys are close. He's to he's very introverted, so it's 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 hard to get it out of him. But once you get it out of him, you, then you realize how great of a guy he really yeah. is. But you, he's very, I, uh, well, just introverted and secluded. But then once you give him a beer, or something, then you, that's the key. The key is give him a couple beers, loosen him up. Yeah, like I've seen him at the blackjack table. Oh my god, with his group, right? Years ago, uh, it was like him, Mons. I'm trying to remember. Billy Walker was there too, and, and we're this was your. I had, I had no money, and I forget where they were gambling the win or one of those. And uh, Billy Walker gets his ass kicked, uh, and he's part of that group. And I can't remember who else was there. But he gets his ass kicked, gets up. I sit down and I win like twelve hundred bucks. And poor Billy Walker is right behind me, and I'm, I just felt bad for him. But but anyway, Mel Gibson was like ten feet away. I told this story in the pod, Jack. You probably heard it. Mel Gibson's like ten feet away with this like eighteen year old girl, and his he looked like you, Rob. He was wearing picture what you're wearing. He wore that <laughs> to the casino. You see all his chest hair, um, and he's just he, he, he's you know, loud, boisterous, whatever. And Fury is just, we're all ripping on Mel Gibson at this. Yeah. Was he canceled at this point? Some, we had all had some. And, and that's when I kind of first, I think, saw that other side of, of, of Fury. And it, it actually happened a couple of times. It, it also, I told this story in the pod with a Maryland guy. There was like a Maryland video guy named Matthew Lususki who was sitting next to me at the Palms playing blackjack. And I had taken a few shots at Gary Williams. And this dude defended Gary for like two straight hours. We're playing blackjack. We're the only two. Maybe Gary Paris was there too. Three of us on the table. This guy's coming at me for two effing hours. And Fury's behind me cracking up because he knows it's getting to me at this point. I just want to have fun, play blackjack, and relax. This dude keeps coming at me. 
Finally, I look over at the dude. He's like, give him credit. He's like 23 years old. Yeah. And I said to him, I'm like, hey, man, listen, you tell me the price. How much is it going to cost to buy your ass off this table? Because I I need you going. Like 200, 500, whatever it is. Like I'm winning here. I don't want to leave. Whatever it is, I need you gone. What was the price? He, 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 I was, I was <laughs> you know, like I wasn't going to do it because, again, I didn't make enough money to buy anybody off. The oh. back but but if, if I was making what I'm making now, yeah, I would have given him. It would have been worth it. But we're actually friends now. So I, I guess to all this, I would say like Mark Few to me is one of my favorite people in this business because I do think there's multiple sides of him. And the other thing I think Fuey's great at now, he's unafraid to speak his opinion in his mind. And he's got the platform now. He's got the respect. So many guys I've seen get to that level, even like Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan won two straight national titles. He didn't want to talk about big picture things and topics involving college basketball. Fuey doesn't give a shit. Nope. So Jeff Goodman, uh, speaking of character, for those of you who missed it or weren't paying very close attention, uh, speaking to our listeners now, hotly contested Arizona coaching search. It goes to Tommy Lloyd. Jeff Goodman breaks the news. He writes the article. And then what you didn't have to do, but you did, was you put out a Twitter video kind of calming down the Arizona fans who could have been angry and uh, singing the praises of of Tommy Lloyd. That was, that was very cool of you. And, and again, you did not have to do that and you probably caught some heat for it. You know why I did it too. I, I felt like when, when I was watching some of the stuff with Tommy, that he would be really kind of tight with people that he doesn't know, right? Mm-hmm. New job, Arizona. Like you go from an assistant coach, you're not getting Grand Canyon. You're right. getting damn Arizona. And I know Tommy well enough to know again, he's, he can be super loose but he can also look super buttoned up. And he looked he looked nervous as hell on that first video, whatever it was. I don't remember if it was. Oh, the one that he released? The by himself. Show. No, the one he did by himself. And he, he forgot was, he, he yes. forgot to do bear down and people were pissed. He forgot to say Is bear that what down. what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he just looked nervous. And it's hard. I mean, again, you do a video by yourself. It's hard enough. So I guess I... My big thing for Tommy was, too, I wanted to give him a chance to do it with somebody he's comfortable that he could show his personality. And that's all I wanted to do in this. Like, he ripped me a little bit, I think, in that in that video. I maybe ripped on him a little bit. Um, and, and, and that was kind of my intent as much as anything. I, I think Tommy, again, the biggest – my biggest question for Tommy wasn't Tommy. My biggest question was his staff, and I still have it. I still have it. I, I won't lie to you guys. I do. Like, I love Jack Murphy, but is he your number one recruiter? And I love Jason Terry. Like, Jason Terry is one of my all-time favorite players at Arizona, and I love his personality, but can Jason Terry get players? Or is it going to be all up? And you, the three of us probably know who the second assistant's going to be or the however you want, third assistant. Maybe you, you guys don't. I think I have an idea who it's going to be. And – uh I'm not sure it's going to be a proven recruiter either. So I think a lot is going to be on Tommy Lloyd to get players a lot. But here's the thing. Tommy is a great recruiter. That's the, that's but he's the got a lot of other responsibilities now. Agreed. Yeah, right, agreed. Agreed. But at the same time, he's such a great recruiter himself. I think he can, he can, 
easily transition those guys of how to do it. Teach I just those think guys. the other part, Rob, is like, like listen, he could go, he could go overseas for two weeks in July for recruiting. I don't think you can do that now. You're the head coach right. in Arizona. You're right. You got to see the California kids here. You got to you got to bounce around. You can't go to you can't go overseas now. He's made enough contacts that he should be okay there. Go ahead, Jack. I was I, I was just wondering this, and me and my friends were talking about this. This would probably got to be the first summer in like 15 years. Tommy hasn't gone overseas. He's probably itching to go to Europe right now. You know? Yeah. I mean, listen. You know, maybe you can get away for a few days. Yeah. You know, one weekend. If there were three weekends in July this year. Maybe he could scoot over there for for one weekend, if it's worth it. If he knows a guy, you know, yeah, they right. Can get a big time player, but you can't do what he used to do, which is no, just go over out. and yeah. develop relationships and just see people. Like, there's got to be a full mission. Like, if you're going over there, it's to get at least one player that you know you're going to come back, basically uh, locking in. So, uh, listen, I, I just again, if it was at Gonzaga. I'd be like, all right, he knows the lay of the land. He's got everything figured out. Like, again, you're taking over in Arizona right now. You gotta, you gotta delegate well. And and again, Jack Murphy, luckily he's got Jack and Jason Terry, two people who know the landscape in Tucson well enough, but he's got to be able to delegate to them to be able to, to, to get all this done because you got to go out and speak. Everybody's gonna be all listen, you're not Mark View. You can't say no to everything. You, you right. know, like View, he doesn't need to go out and speak. Right, like Tommy Lloyd has to go out and do shit in Tucson now. He's right. got to talk to the boosters. He's got to get people to know him. Um, you know, he's got to do the radio shows and, and, and whatever. Like, there's going to be a lot of people pulling at him right now, and and that's going to be the hardest part, I think, for Tommy Lloyd. There you have it, Jeff Goodman. Jeff, at some point, can we set up an exhibition game between your Rob and my Rob? Yeah, yeah, my, my <laughs> Rob. Hey. My Rob is playing in the three-on-three Olympics. Oh, he's oh, here. Yeah, like they got – they're going like next week to – I don't know what country, like Latvia or something, and they got to qualify. But like unless he really screws this thing up, Robbie Hummel and his 19-inch vertical leap are probably going to be playing in the Olympics this year. Isn't Best, that nice? a Great shooter and a great guy, man. Great dude. Great dude. Oh, yeah, great we, dude. We got to do it. We got to do it. We'll, we'll do like a four-man pod at some point. All right. I'd love it. I would love it. Only Jeff. if Sacre like like dresses a little bit, you know. Yeah, cleaner. he'll put on he'll put on a tank top or something. For oh, that actually, <laughs> yeah, that don't work. Clothes are overrated. I do have one last question. Of the guys that didn't play college basketball insiders, who's the best hooper? Because it's not Andy Katz. Because I've seen him shoot. It's not Katz. Um, who's really good? Doster is probably pretty good. I mean, played D3. Okay. So Doster's yeah. got to be, I think, the best of, of, of that group. I mean, again, I'm older than a lot of these dudes. So, like, you know, for me, listen, if I can get through a game healthy and, and, and not be wheeled off to a, to a hospital, <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. okay. You're putting that's, your hat in the ring. I love it's it. It's so sad, but that's where I'm at now. Like, it really is. It used to be like, you know, you had to win – and now it's it's honestly the first thing because I did it three years ago playing old man softball. I tore up my knee, oh. and I was like, "Yeah, I'm on the couch for six weeks." Ask him. I can't even get to the the, the refrigerator. I got to ask my wife and daughter. And you think a teenage girl wants to help out her father? No, no interest. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't ever get hurt again. First time I've been hurt 
since I was like in Tucson as a student, when I, I would play pickup against all the players, I, I had two third degree sprains of my ankle then, but this was like the first injury. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do this again. I can't be at somebody's mercy to do everything for me. It's the worst feeling in the world, right? Stick, stick to the microphone and the keyboard, Jeff. No question. It's safe. That's what works well, right now. It, it might be safer. Maybe, maybe not for me, the way I you know, tell some stories, but uh, <laughs> for most people, it's safer. Jeff Goodman, one of the best in the biz. Thanks for your time, Jeff. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me, boys. Appreciate it, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. From the corner! Thanks again to uh, Jeff Goodman. Excellent stuff. Thank you guys for listening. Every Monday, we're going to be churning this stuff out. We're going to effort an alien expert. Uh, but, you know, be patient because they're like, they're booking up fast right now. So can't promise an alien expert. Maybe an alien. Someone would, who's been abducted. That's who we need to chat with. Someone who's been people, probed. Those people, they don't have an agenda. You know, they're not trying to sell a book. Unless they are. They can, they can tell us the real deal. Someone who's been probed. Someone who's been probed. I right? wouldn't... Ag- I, I, against I, or, or against their will? I guess it doesn't matter. See, now we're going into... then is big... F- well, well, this this show is going to expand. That's all yeah. I need to say. Yeah, show, uh, uh, we're going to talk about Bigfoot and all that type of shit. Follow us on social media: Instagram, Twitter. We don't have a TikTok. We should. We're just old. I'll let you dance. Yeah, yeah. You go. You look like uh, look like what's your name from True Lies? That's probably what you go dress like, dance like. Um, what is her name? Hold on, she's the Scream Queen, Jamie. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. yeah. I, you could do all that TikTok you dancing. Just, you just compared me to Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. <laughs> all right. Noted. All um, right. Okay. What do you got? Suffer the pain of discipline or suffer the pain of regret.